All right, welcome to the Sober Heathen Podcast. I am the Sober Heathen. I'm Scott, and uh, I am very pleased to be able to be here and uh, go live on these things. I didn't give any warning to this thing because I don't know how it's going to go. Um, I got my phone going. I got my PC going. I'm trying to charge the phone at the same time. Um, this could come out poorly. It could come out pretty decent, so we're going to see. Anyway, welcome. Uh, this is something that I did early on in my recovery. I talked about the uh, 12 steps and my take on them, and I thought I'd revisit it, revisit it today um, because I, I think they can uh, turn some people off sometimes. You know, you go into a meeting or you see somebody post something about them online, and uh, your first reaction might be, you know, whoa, that's, that's too gaudy, that's too this, that's too that. Um, they're really not meant to be the way they are portrayed sometimes. And they're not really meant to come across the way that they probably come across to a lot of people. Um, I'm going to put my phone down here. Hopefully this is, uh, uh, everybody can catch it on Twitter. So the 12 steps are set up as a guide um, to use in your recovery. It has helped a ton of people. And I just realized that over here, uh, Silver Heathen's falling down, but that's all right. Anyway. Um, so they're used as a guide as progress to to get through and work through your sobriety. Now, it, it is different for every single person. Um, if you have a sponsor, uh, people's views on this stuff uh, is, is different all the time. Um, they Some people say that you need to go through uh, the steps as quick as possible because it's life or death. I tend to lean more that way. Uh, some people say that you uh, need to take your time and go through the steps and make sure you're thorough. Well, the thing is, it's a continuous process no matter what throughout your entire journey in sobriety. So I think getting through them and getting some things out of the way and getting things done, I think is huge for early recovery. And that's just my opinion. Uh, your sponsor may tell you otherwise. And you may not even have a sponsor. Uh, you may want to work them yourself. It, it, is, it is good to work with somebody that's been through it and understands it. Um, again, there's a bunch of different views on there. It's all about who you're working with and how you feel about sharing uh, the things you need to share with them. I, I'm i totally cool with people uh, using multiple sources to get out different things, to dump everything on one person, especially somebody that you're just meeting and you're finding comfort with. You know, um, you, know you, you seem to click a lot of times with people in a meeting right away and you're like, ooh, they could be a good sponsor. And I get that and that's, that's fine. But um, for me, I think you just take your time, find somebody that you uh, can feel confident with, you do relate with, but it doesn't have to be everything all at once. So anyway, without yammering on too much, let's start with the first step, which is obviously uh, the most important. You have to admit they have your problems. So step one, admitted that we're powerless over alcohol and our lives have become unmanageable. So if alcohol isn't your problem, then replace alcohol with word substance. And so then you can say, you know, uh, admitted that I... Uh, Admitted that I have a problem with the substance and my life has uh, become unmanageable. So, see, the thing is, you can't you can't get into recovery with I think I have a problem. I have some problems, but they're not. I don't think they're that bad. Um, if, if you're not ready to say, you know what, I am done with this stuff 100. Um, percent And and I'm talking about myself here uh, from experience. Uh, if you're not completely ready to do this, you're just spinning your wheels and you're wasting your time. And if you're working with a sponsor, you're just wasting their time too. Um, that, you know what? I retract that immediately. I, I don't believe that you're wasting time. Um, I didn't. I wasn't fully ready to quit. And going through the steps did get me started on a journey 
um, of seeing what life can be like outside of that. So I don't think it's going to work and you're become um, uh, fully in recovery until you're ready to concede that your life cannot continue um, in an upward trend with your substance of choice uh, in in the background constantly, right? So, um, so that's step one. Okay, I, I'm defeated. I can no longer do this. I can no longer um, uh, ingest the system or put this this substance into my body and and continue life um, normally or what was be perceived as normal. Um, second one is came to believe that a power greater than yourself could restore your sanity. So that's that's um that's one right there where immediately my mind went. And when I started in this thing, I was an atheist. So my mind went a power greater than myself. Oh, here we go. Here's the G word coming. And it is coming. It's coming in the steps. It's in the steps. Um, but a power greater than yourself can mean so many different things. And that's what I've come to, to come to find out. Um, for me, there is a huge uh, power in the groups and the meetings themselves, if you're in a good one. Um, that connection, that vulnerability, uh, that strength through others and, and sharing and realizing you're not the only one uh, that is uh, suffering through the same crap. You know, misery loves company, right? Um, there's some some really great uh, power in those meetings. So that power doesn't have to be a deity of any sort. Uh, of course, it is for a lot of people. And uh, if that's the if that's what you choose is your power, you want to give it over to God, let go, let God. Those are all sayings in the in in the meetings in the rooms that you'll hear. Um, but coming to believe that a power greater than yourself can restore you to sanity can mean many, many, many different things. Um, you know, I went from atheist um, to no deity to it really wasn't a deity. I was turning everything over to the universe because the universe is clearly more powerful and more infinite than I am. Um, so I, I, I turned things over to the universe and then things have migrated a little bit. Things happen that I can't explain and I don't really need to explain, but they happened in key times. And, uh, so I've found a power greater than myself, um, in step two. And that, again, that power can be defined however you want to define it. So step three is an interesting one. Step three is made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understand him. So there's that G word right in the first three, right? So, and I, I want to be clear for me, that again, this is my take on the steps. Uh, your sponsor may have other takes and you may form your other, your own thoughts on this. But um, step three, you made a decision to turn your will and your lives over care to the God. Um, made, <laughs> made a decision to turn your will and your lives over to the care of God as you understand him. So as you understand him is exactly what that means. It can be whoever, it can be Allah, it can be Jesus, it can be uh, Buddha, it can be uh, Krishna, it can be uh, the universe, as I talked about earlier, it can be the power of the group, uh, turn it over, okay? And the first two words, made, or three words, made a decision, okay? So you make the decision to turn your will and your, so first of all, your will is your thinking, right? So made a decision to turn our will and our lives and our lives or our actions over to a greater good, right? So you get your thinking and your actions. So one thing that really helped me and, and helps me today is what is the intent of this that I'm going to do? Why, if I'm mad about something, 
is my intent to defend somebody or to advocate for myself uh, because I feel like they were uh, knocking me. Um, if I do something nice, am I doing this nice to get a compliment? You know, what is the intent? So that's where the the, the will and lives come in, um, the, the thoughts and the actions come in. And again, back to the made a decision. I've decided that I'm going to turn my thoughts and actions over to something greater than me. That doesn't mean that it happens immediately, right? I decided that I'm going to start working out every single day and I'm going to get in shape and get healthy. Does that happen today? No. You make that decision and then you progress toward it. It's a journey. So that decision doesn't mean that you have to have it figured out today. It's a, it's, it's a you know, as they say in AA, it's a journey, not a destination. So don't overload this stuff and, and feel like you need to be rushed on it. You made the decision that you're going to start turning things over. You're going to start thinking about things. You're going to start reevaluating the way that you act on, on certain things. That's a decision. Check mark on step three if you've done that. Step four is you made a searching and fearless moral inventory of yourself. Okay, so this one's the son of a bitch. Okay, so this is the one. And again, you do it how it feels good to you. In AA, they want you to get a sponsor and they want you to make up this list and they want you to go through this list of all the harms and things that you have done um, and, and, you know, air it all out. When I was in treatment, we did this. And some of the stories, man, that, that, that guys would get in front of the entire house, there's like almost 40 guys in there. And, you know, we're all crying and we're all like, oh my God, I've been there. I've done that. It's just, you know, uh, step four is a real MFR. It really is. If you do it honestly. And I, for me, again, this is my take on the 12 steps, uh, that fearless and moral inventory of myself can be in a journal. I learned to write an Elder Futhark. Um, and when I did that, uh, I put everything and anything in my in my journal. Um, I could write it right when I was thinking it because nobody else was going to be able to read it. If uh, when I was in treatment and there was somebody sitting next to me that was knowing the hell out of me, I got to put it down right away. And, and it's so, it sounds stupid. It really did because it sounds stupid to me. Um, you know, journaling is going to help. It, it really freaking does. You know, th I, there's something huge about the spoken word, but, you know, the, the written word, you know, getting it out on paper is just as valuable. Plus you can relive it. When you go back and reread that, when I go back and I reread that, I, I'm back in that moment and I'm refueling those things and I'm, I'm able to process them at a later time. I have like four or five journals in my closet and I need to start going through them again. So step four can be however you want to do it, but it's where you got to get out all the crap that you're carrying on to. Did you um, steal something? Did you hurt somebody? Um, physically, emotionally, whatever, during your use, get all those things out of there. And it doesn't, and, and again, Remember, in, in, in AA, they talk about how the how alcohol is just a symptom of a bigger problem. So it doesn't have to be, and it probably shouldn't be, um, just what you did when you're, you're using your substance. Encompass everything, kind of get it all out there, everything that's like gnawing at you in the back end. You know what it is if you're going to be honest with yourself, right? So, oh, and I wanted to mention too, if you're unfamiliar with it, on page 59 of the big book is where... Uh, it's in the chapter how it works, and that's when you can start to see the steps. They start there, and then step 12 ends up on page 60, okay? So that's your fearless moral inventory. So five is you're admitted to God and to another human being, the exact nature of your wrongs. So you got your list. Now you got to talk to somebody about it, right? So some people go to church and talk to their pastor. Some people can go uh, to church and talk to a priest. 
Some people uh, will talk to their sponsor because that's the only person that uh, will understand what the living hell, you know, what kind of person could do this, you know, judgment-free type of thing. Um, uh, yeah, and and, and uh, as Rich said here on the on the Twitter space, you know, I wish I had some of my old four steps. Yeah, keep it. Um, actually, what happened to the first uh, first time I went through the steps, um, my step four, we burned it because we were letting it go. But I think there's value in keeping it too uh, to revisit it. I think there's value in burning it to get rid of it. Um, you know, because you're going to revisit these things again over and over again. So I. I think there's value in both. Um, for me, it works for me to keep these journals and read through them, go through and highlight things and have those wild moments like, man, I was in a I was in a really shitty place in my life. Um, so, yeah, thanks for that, Rich. So um, step five, going back to sharing it with um, um, admitted to God, to ourselves and another human being, uh, the exact nature of our wrongs for me. I think the best way to do that, if you have one person that you can do that to, that's awesome. I can't. I, I have I have two really good friends, three really good friends um, that are very close to me that I can tell anything. I have a uh, uh, a, a great uh, partner in in life that I can talk to about anything. Um, there's you know I have really great friends, and so I've kind of spread it out a little bit because sometimes some some things if I tell one person, um, you know I I might feel a little more uncomfortable. So I spread it out a little bit. So my friends get to carry that burden. Um, they don't have to have the whole thing dumped on them, right? Um, so step six is we're entirely ready to have God remove these defects of character. So once you got it all out on your step four and you've shared it with who you need to share it, you need to be ready to just say, okay, you know what? I got it out. It's done. I can't change it. I screwed up. I hurt these people. I did these bad things. I got to move on. So you're turning it over and letting it go. That's where the process begins. Okay. So defects of character, there, there's different, uh, it talks about uh, different things in the big book, you know, of what character defects are. So, you know, I go back to the intent thing that I talked about earlier. You know, it's, it's a character defect. Selfish is a character defect, I feel like, you know, so if I do something nice for somebody just because I want something from them, you know, um, you know, I, I just yesterday I called my grandpa. I haven't talked to him in a couple of weeks, but I, I'm going today for a health screen. And I hadn't talked to him to the last time I called him to ask him for a ride. And I felt terrible about that. So I need to do something about that because I shouldn't just call him when I need something. Right. That's that's a defect. That's that's something that needs to um, that's a shortcoming. And that's step seven. Humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. So you're, you're getting. So. These two are hard for me because it's kind of implying that you are there's an outside source that has to uh, remove these things from you. When in reality, I feel like you remove these things yourself by acknowledging them and and and, and addressing them. Um, if anybody is listening to this live or whatever, and you have thoughts on that, please uh, shoot a comment out. It's, it, it'd be much appreciated. Or if you listen to this later, make a comment and let me know what you think about step six and seven about the defects of character. And the shortcomings, uh, I think for me personally, it has to be uh, something that I address on my own and dive into uh, every single day. And, uh, you know, when you do that nightly review, when you go to bed, okay, um, you know, obviously give yourself credit where credit is due. You know, number one, I didn't, I didn't uh, drink today. Um, that's, that is a pat on the back until you feel it's not necessary. And I mean, it really is. 
I drank for 20 years. In three days, I'll have nine months. So trying to change something that I did for two decades is quite the feat every day that I do it. And it is for you too. You got to give yourself that credit. But you also review the negative things at, at, in your nightly review and say, eh, all right, I'm going to have to make amends on this stuff, or I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go back and, and, you know, approach this differently. Okay. So that's six and seven. So eight is made a list of all persons you had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. So this is the hard one. Okay. And, and the big book talks about, this is a really hard one, not the hard one. This is, this is a, a really hard one. So this is just a list. Okay. And this is just the list of the people that you feel like that you would wrong. So some people that were on my list, obviously, Miley, my ex-fiance, uh, my ex-wife, um, you know, uh, because the drinking was a huge part of destroying uh, that marriage. Um, you know, uh, my great-grandmother putting her through hell, you know, finding me passed out unresponsive and having to call the, uh, the uh, uh, call 911 several times because I wasn't responding. Those are all types of amends that I have to make. So I've made my amends the best I can with most of them. Uh, for example, my ex-wife, uh, I have not yet. Um, and that gets into step nine here in a second. Um, but you have to get, I feel you have to get that list down, even if you're not ready to do it. Okay. And that's where step nine comes in. Step nine says, made a direct amends to such people whenever possible, unless to do so would injure them or others. So there's a right time and there's a wrong time to do these things. Um, if, if they're still blazing mad at you, you know, if you have a restraining order put on you from somebody, it's probably um, reasonable to hold on to that, uh, that amends until time seems right. Okay, it, they need to be done, but they don't have to be done. There's no time limit on these things. Okay. Um, there was a, a girl that I treated poorly um, in my drinking days when I first got into drinking. You know, I knew that she was completely in love with me. This is me trying to make amends here. And you'll see why um, continue my amends to this person. Um, you know, I knew she was uh, really into me and I used that to my advantage at times. I was not into her. And then I found out after, you know, uh, we're no longer hanging out and doing the party thing where I was living. Um, I found out a couple of years later that she had passed. And, um, you know, I was not able to make that amends that she is owed outside of talking about it, being honest about it and um, putting it out there into the universe, you know, um, to, to make my, my living amends. Um, you know, I, I feel terrible. It was a really shitty thing to do. Um, it was, you know, I'm in my early twenties drinking my ass off and, you know, I want to ride, you know, uh, there's somebody to take me to the bar and all kinds of things. And it was just a really shitty thing to do. And that's amends that I will continue to make um, because I can't go to her and, and say it anymore. So you just got to continue to just make sure that I don't make a mistake like that anymore. And um, that's all I can do on those things. And some of those, that's really all you can do. Um, if you have an older family member that you might need to amends to and they've got, they've passed, then um, you just have to find a way that, that you can let it go. Um, step 10 is continue to take a personal inventory and when wrong, promptly admit it. So that's exactly what I was talking about earlier at the nightly review. Every single day you lay down at night. Okay, what did I do right? What did I do wrong? You don't dwell on it. You don't beat the hell out of yourself for it because good things are going to happen. Bad things are going to happen. You review it. Okay, I might need to make amends here. Okay, tomorrow I might need to reapproach this a different way. 
that's just your review. Step 10 is like a daily thing for me, right? Um, I don't know how long I'm going into this, so I'm going to try to uh, get through these last two there and uh, and kind of wrap it up. But I appreciate everybody that has uh, listened in. Um, looks like we've had a few people, and that's uh, really, really cool. I appreciate that. So um, step 11 is sought through prayer and meditation to increase our conscious contact with God as we understand him. Okay, so I want to make sure that I got that right. Uh, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Okay, so knowledge and power, meditation, you don't have to, you know, prayer is, is you know, uh, a lot of people hear, hear that and they're like, ugh, I know I was. Um, that's just talking, putting things out there. Um, the other night I just said thank you three times um, to, and I, I did name the deities that uh, that I chose to speak to. I did call them by name, but I just said thank you three times. Um, and it was emotional uh, because I was really trying to be grateful for being where I'm at because I could be in jail. I could be dead and uh, my kids wouldn't have a father and I wouldn't be able to do this freaking awesome podcast that uh, means so much to me. Um, and uh, so don't let the prayer and the G word deter you on these things. You're just putting it out there that you just want some guidance. And that's all I ask for. I, I, I ask whoever's listening, whatever power is out there that I can't see to take care of the people I love and just guide me to do the next right thing. I don't care about protecting me or anything like that. Just guide me to, to be the best version of me. So step 12, um, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we took this message, we carried this message, other alcoholics practice these principles in all our affairs. So that's kind of where the sponsorship comes in. Um, it doesn't have to be sponsorship. It doesn't say anything about sponsorship, actually, in the first 164 pages of the big book, which has not changed since it was written in the 30s, right? So that's where people say the sponsorship comes in. For me, that's just going to meetings and sharing your story. That's that's getting on a podcast and telling your story. That's you doing a speaker meeting. That's you uh, finding somebody that needs help and 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 sharing your experience, strength, and hope. That's That's what that is to me. Carry the message. Um, and, and you had a spiritual awakening. I think it's really important. It was for me, and that's what this podcast is about. It's really important to me to understand the distinction of spirituality and religion. Spirituality for me, and, it, and I heard this in an AA meeting, spirituality is for people, or excuse me, religion is for people who do not want to go to hell. And spirituality is for people who have already been to hell and never want to go back. I had to find something spiritual. And as I mentioned earlier, those meetings that I would go to that were so powerful, that's spiritual to me. That's a connection. Hearing somebody else tell my story, but it's their story, you know, and being able to connect and talk about it, man, it's so powerful to be able to have somebody come on my podcast and tell their story. You know, uh, it's so powerful. It's that's spiritual spirituality to me, man. That's not, that's not religious. That's not, you know, uh, thumping a book. That's, that's, just a connection man that's energy and um hey you are welcome sober companion thanks for uh, listening um i really appreciate it um the steps are very important to me they're not as i tweeted earlier this morning there is not one way to do this thing but the steps the steps were there man this is and i've showed it time and time again this big book here, if you're watching, uh, you, you can't see it on the Twitter space, but, you know, all the tabs and all the highlights, you open this thing, it looks like a rainbow on the inside. I mean, in fact, I got, again, you can't see this, but I got a handful of highlighters. 
and tabs, when I read my books or my 12 steps or I go to a meeting and I hear something, I'm highlighting and tabbing the crap out of things. This is my second uh, big book in 18 months uh, that I went through. I started with a soft cover and then with a hard cover. And uh, I, I enjoy it. I think it's really good. Sometimes I think uh, as any book can be, it's misrepresented and it turns some people off. And I think that's unfortunate, but I'm going to, I'm going to do what I can to change the perspective of the big book um, to, to tell how it helped me. I'm not trying to go out there and, and change the world of AA. That's not what I'm doing, but it took a different approach for it to work for me. And that was to get the G word out of there. Um, you know, they all, they say in AA, um, if the God word bothers you, you can say good orderly direction. I came up with an acronym for the G word that I think fits me very well. And that acronym is good orderly decisions. Or excuse me, <laughs> I just combined the two. Good observable decisions. And I talked about that earlier um, about your choice making and your uh, nightly review, step 10. Continue to take a, a personal inventory when you're wrong, properly admit it. So, um, and I just had a break. Oh, good observable decision. So do things where people can see that you have making you are making changes in your life, right? Making decisions that can be seen by other people, you know, um, that's the only way you're going to change it because our word as alcoholics, my word as an alcoholic is poop. It's poop. I've lied so much to get that next bottle. I've lied so much to get that next 20 bucks. I've lied so much to get, you know, I have ridden a bike and fell on my face going to get alcohol. I walked down the road and, and, you know, stumbling all over the place to get alcohol. I have, you know, my word as an alcoholic to the people that are in my circle is poop. And that is the only fault of myself. So I need to do things that they can observe and see and, and, and being able to witness um, a change. And that is the only way that I can change that. That's the only thing that I can do every single day is make decisions to do the next right thing um, that people can observe and handle. So that is my take on the 12 steps of AA. Um, I've done this once before, but I thought it was a, it would be good for uh, for myself to talk about it and to get it out there. Again, if you're looking for the 12 steps, they do talk about it a little bit. Um, you know, I could do a big book study sometime. That'd be awesome. But, um, you know, there's um, it starts on page 58 and uh, and how it works is on 58. And then the steps are on page 59 and step 12 ends on page 60. OK, um, you know. I'm just going to read the end of how it works just to kind of close it up here because it just went through the 12 steps. Right. And so you've heard these steps. And if you're somebody that is thinking about recovery, you might think, and I'll just read this. Many of us exclaim, what an order. I can't go through with it. That's talking about making that list and, and airing your dirty laundry and getting it all out. That's talking about making amends. And uh, thanks, Miley. Miley says that we are observing good things and she's listening. That's awesome. It's going to be a good day. Um, what an order. I can't go through with it. Do not be discouraged. No one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We are not saints. The point is that we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. The principles we have set down are guides to progress. We claim spiritual progress than spiritual perfection. Right? 
Um, our description of the alcoholic, I don't need to read that, but I think that last line, we claim to spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. That is the entire state of recovery, in my opinion. We want to show progress. We will never be perfect, even though it's okay to aim to be. Um, but we will never be, we will never be perfect. We just have to do the best that we can and make progress uh, in any way that we can every single day. So again, Miley, thank you for that. Um, for driving in. Rich, thank you for that. Uh, sober companion. Uh, <laughs> I like your tag too, stepping in the poo. That's pretty great. I've, I've stepped in a lot of poo uh, in my life, especially over the last 20 years. So I've, uh, I've got my uh, my work boots on now and I go to work every single day uh, on myself. And so if I do happen to step in poo, at least it's not smearing into my sandals or something, I guess. But uh, as far for me uh, today, I get to go help get a health screen. Um, that'll be the first step to finally getting a job in uh, the recovery field. Again, um, it's been a long wait. I'm super duper excited. I cannot wait to start this, uh, this, this new step in my life, this new chapter. Um, I got good people coming with me and, um, you know, anybody that has listened to this or listens to it in the future, I, I, I love you. I care about you. I'm always here to, to lend an ear. You know, the last couple of weeks um, was really rough for me. Um, you know, I want to do a podcast and maybe this will be a teaser for the next one. My next one is going to be on uh, a couple of terms that I've heard. Um, it's called uh, secondary suicide and it's called diet suicide. And uh, what that kind of is, I want to do a little more research and, and, and maybe get some other people to get down and talk about it. But that's where, you know, you don't, you're too afraid to do it, but you hope something else does it for you. And that's really where I was there for a couple of weeks. And, and at times in these, you know, really from six months to this nine month stretch, there were times where really I, you know, hit, getting hit by a truck was, was something, uh, something that, that was quite appealing. And that's a terrible thought to have, but this is an honest podcast and um, I'm going to talk about those things. So um, if you want to be a part of that or you have some ideas and you listen to this at some time, please send me an email at thesoberheathen at yahoo.com or scott at thesoberheathen.com um, so we can prep for the next one. Uh, diet suicide and secondary suicide is going to be it's going to be one of my next ones. I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, Max, you're listening, buddy. Um, Thank you so much. We're here for you, buddy, and very happy to see your progress. Thanks, buddy. Your family is very important to me. Um, always have been. And, uh, you know, your mom, your dad from a long time ago. And then I remember, uh, you know, coaching Max. Um, great people. I'm blessed to have tremendously great people in my life. And uh, I'm beginning day by day to slowly realize that I deserve that and that I can be of uh, use to them, too. Right. So. All right. Well, that's going to conclude it. Thank you all so very much for listening. You know, I uh, actually got some people to listen on this impromptu thing. The next one, I will plan it out and I will advertise it a little better. I really like doing it in the morning. It, I think it's going to set my day up for success. So uh, again, thanks everybody for listening and uh, we will catch you on the next one. Take care.